let's start this before we get into another Adam Duritz rant. <laughs> no, there's only so many times you can talk about Adam Duritz and French fries before it just gets old. You're about to say, uh, uh, hey, gang, it's Tuesday. And then you're no, going to go, nope, no, it's I'm Monday. Not. No, I'm not. You're not? I was going to say it's Monday. Okay, it's Monday. Yeah, it is. It is Monday, uh, which is kind of throwing us off a little bit. But um, being off kilter sometimes a good thing. Yeah, we're a little off. Uh, Bill has some superhero convention he has to go to. Um, <laughs> I wish. Actually, no. Those are my nightmare. Those things. Right. Yeah. Ooh, not so much. Too many people. Uh, anyway, so we're doing this on Monday. Now, are you going to release it tomorrow? Which well, that's today? what I was about to ask you is, is should I just stick it up today or should I wait until the morning before I leave and pop it up? Why don't you stick it up tomorrow? Okay. Because otherwise it's going to throw off the continuum. All right. Then everyone's going to hear this on Tuesday. Right. So yesterday when it was today, <laughs> we were doing the show, but now yeah. we're going to put it up tomorrow, which is now today. So we have traveled in time. <laughs> That's right. Just saying. Just putting that out there. Speaking of time, yeah. Did I hear a uh, was it was it an April Fool's thing that they were going to do an American Doctor Who with 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 uh uh oh what's his name what's his name N- need more information I did not uh, hear about an American Doctor Who okay it must have been a uh, must have been a, a an April Fool's thing um, American Doctor who yeah, it just comes up with why <laughs> now it must have been bruce campbell joke. yeah bruce campbell yeah that was a prank all right that he would not make a good doctor i like uh, i like bruce campbell but he's not the right guy i like bruce campbell yeah yeah that is pretty funny the doctor is finally coming to america doctor who bruce campbell is the doctor coming christmas 2016 right that's him just being silly all right, he's being silly. All right, so it is it is Monday slash Tuesday. Yep. It's uh, it's on taking pictures. It's episode two zero seven. Uh, Bill Wadman, Brooklyn, Jeffrey Sidoris, DC. Uh, yeah. Hey, I went to Baltimore yesterday. Uh, yeah, Baltimore. It's a, a friend of mine had a house in Baltimore, and the whole thing was like twelve feet wide. It was like one of these like really super narrow wow. row houses. You like walked in, you look to your right and like you could reach the wall on the other side. Hmm. Like it was this tiny little thing. It was uh, terrific. Yeah, it it's was pretty. terrific. Went to the aquarium, uh, which is phenomenal. Uh, I, it's a beautiful aquarium. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Touched jellyfish, uh, saw the sharks, all that kind of stuff. You know, I wish the National Zoo here in D.C. was as impressive as the National Aquarium in Baltimore. Uh, the, you know, it's interesting. The... Uh, the Baltimore Aquarium is very similar to the Boston Aquarium, sort of that large tank in the middle cycle or, you know, zoom around it kind of thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a really interesting way to do an aquarium. You're basically just throwing everything in together. <laughs> I mean, there's stuff around the outside, but there's also like just this giant tank of stuff in the middle. Um, but yeah, they're very similar. You don't like the National Zoo? It's It's been a disappointment. I've been there probably five times and it's been a disappointment every time. Even with the pandas? You, I've never seen the pandas. Oh, oh okay. the pandas are sleeping. Oh, they're just been fed. Oh, they just had a kid. Oh, blah, blah. you know, whatever it is. There's yeah. always some. Yeah. It's always an excuse. excuse the damn pandas. pandas. <laughs> Don't they pandas. know they're contractually obligated to show and up? Just, when I'm you know, there. it's it, it's just sad. You know, the lions yep. just kind of moping around and there's never anybody there to ask questions and talk to. And it's just it's just lackluster. 
You can do better, National Zoo. Come on. Zoos are, um, they're kind of sad period, in my opinion. They can be, sure. Yeah. Uh, but the, um, yeah, so, okay, so you're in the inner harbor of Baltimore. Right. Uh, what else did you see? Uh, just, I ended up just walking around and, and doing some shooting. Okay. Um, lots of cool little alleyways, little streets. Um, yeah. it was, it was in, it was, it was a good time. It was, and there's beautiful light in the yeah. morning because it was, I don't know, eight, eight, eight thirty in the morning, oh, early. nine o'clock, okay. something like that. Um, beautiful light kind of filtering through the buildings and ref- there's a lot of, a uh, lot of reflective surfaces. So you get these great sort of, you know, dappled areas of light and shadow sure. and it, it's just terrific. I can't wait to go back. Yeah. And if you, if you go Northwest a few blocks, I think it is Northwest. Yeah. You get into like the places where they just sort of raised entire blocks, you know, Oh, really? it all run- oh, it, oh, I it, didn't see that. Oh, it gets, it gets the wire real quick. Like it's huh. a lot of Baltimore okay. is like, like Detroit. Huh? Um, I, I, did, I was not aware places you wouldn't want to walk around. Uh, uh good to know. but, uh, yeah, but I, you the, know, I did the inner harbor is very pretty. I walked down this alley. Is that the one I saw the picture of? Yes. So this, this alley is kind of, kind of U-shaped, sort of horseshoe shaped. So you go, you go in one and you turn right and then you go to the end and you turn right and you come back out. But there's a fence. So I walk in the other end of it, the other part of the U and I'm walking down, walking down, walking down and I turn left and it's, it's not, I mean, you know, you, if you've seen the picture, you look at my Instagram feed, you can see the picture There's a picture of a chair. That's, that's kind of rounding the corner and there's like an old mattress and some dumpsters and, you know, very much my thing, but, yeah. but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for, for a moment I had one of those, what, whoa, whoa, you know, like, yeah. What if I round the corner and there's something going on that I shouldn't see and there's only one way out and it's just one of those things. It's the beginning of of a Law and Order episode. Kind of. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One of those. Um, But, you know, it's fine. It was fine. Everybody was very cool. I ran into several people on the streets just walking around and and everybody was pretty cool. Sure. But there was that little moment of. Am I in the wrong place here? Yeah. Well, Hmm. you know, it it happens in life. Sometimes you like get a little your spidey sense goes up. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, I will say about D.C. and I never felt it. I'm sure there are areas in New York that you shouldn't wander around, but I never felt that way in New York. And I have yet to feel that way. Knockwood in D.C. And I've I've covered a lot of ground in this town and I have always felt safe. I've always talked to people. I've always said hello to people. And everybody has been super cool. DC so, has gotten better in the last. Thank 20 you, years. DC, yep. for taking care of me. Yeah, uh, New York for the most part is pretty good, except for like a handful of places that I wouldn't want to go, but they're pretty far out now. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, safety. Uh, yeah, some people are some people are really like unfazed by that entirely, and some people are like overly nervous. You know, like there's there's people I know who are say friends of my parents or whatever it is who if they come to New York, I'm not going to take the subway. You take the subway, uh, you know, like those kinds yeah. of people. It's like you get cut if you take the subway. Yeah, it's like Bernie Getz isn't down there anymore. It's like, you know, right. this is this is a different thing. Everyone takes the subway. The the mayor takes the subway, you know. Um, well, I mean, you, you know, you've got to I think you just have to have an awareness, you know, in New Orleans. Sure. Asked people, you know, what should I stay away from? Where should I not go? And Did they tell and, you. Yeah. Different people had different uh, ideas of what was safe, what was not safe. Yeah. And this was, you know people at the hotels or, or, you know, different vendors or whatever. But then you talk to locals and that's ah, fine. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. 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 
You know, yeah, you don't want to go to a cemetery by yourself at night in the middle of town. Okay, well, all right, I won't do that. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, walking over to the Bywater or, or you know, walking around the Garden District or the Warehouse District, fine. Yeah. Fine, fine, fine. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good time in Baltimore. You have to go back there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. I haven't been there in, God, I don't know what the last time, 10 years ago? Hmm, in Baltimore. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's well, it's one of those places I go through and don't really stop all that often, you know. Right, <clears throat> but right. um, yeah. Anyway, I'd well, like to go to that aquarium again. That was that was super cool. Wait, and I guess you can this... do sleepovers there. Like they uh, they have yeah. for the kids, and there there are boats around the harbor, and there's one called the Chesapeake. I don't know. It's a maybe it's a fishing trawler. I don't. Okay, know. sure. Uh, but as as you know, walking over to the museum, you see all these kids kind of pile out. And, uh, and I asked somebody about it and they're like, oh yeah, they do, they do, you know, sleepovers where your parent, you can come with your parents and, and sleep on the boat, which I thought, well, that's kind of cool. It's the USS Lightship Chesapeake. <clears throat> okay. Uh, is it, is it a fishing it, boat or what is it? It's a historic ships, it's several light ships. I think it's sort of like a, um, it's a coast guard ship. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's, they do that in a lot of places, like where my, up where my mother lives near mystic, they have, you know, like you can go sleep on, you can go sleep on the boat, the ship that's called the Conrad. Huh. That's funny. And, and so there are t-shirts that say I slept on the Conrad. That's funny. I, I want to get one for myself. It would be fitting. Of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> uh, they do, uh, they do sleepovers in the museums here yep. too. You can sleep at natural history does mm-hmm. sleepovers. Um, I think Aaron Space does as well. Imagine waking up though in the in the middle of the uh, aquarium, <laughs> and like right. you're you already forget. like you had like a weird dream. You wake up, you stand up, you, go, you open your eyes, and there's like a shark right in front of you, <laughs> or or in the shadow of the T Rex at Natural yeah, History. Yeah, you're, you're kind of groggy. You see this big T Rex skeleton. You were already oh having God. a dream about dinosaurs chasing right, you. Right, right. You're like, hey, you have to go to the it's real, it's real. <laughs> yeah, poor kids. All right. So what what are we talking about today other than waking up in the shadow of dinosaurs? Uh okay, well we we well we're talking about a lot of stuff. We got all kinds of stuff good stuff to talk about. Yes. Um the something I, I a topic I put on I think last week that we yep. kind of bumped to this week. Um I was just thinking about I you know I I've, I've been working on this new project and 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 at a certain my 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 I'm going to get a little geary just for a second. Um my camera's uh, getting old and I actually was thinking about upgrading and, and I was like looking at it and, and the, the 5D3 is only like a two years old, isn't it? It's at least three years old. Is it really? Yeah. It's, 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 it's old. It's not, I mean, it's like three, maybe four years old. It's, it's pretty old. Um, in the grand scheme of things. And, and, you know, in my business, I have to buy stuff to write stuff off at the end of the year anyway. So it's like, you know, there's a certain level of, okay, well, it makes sense to, to upgrade. Um, but I was, you know, and I was looking at the five DSR and blah, 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 blah. And I was also playing with, uh, my friend Dan's, uh, uh, Nikon eight ten D eight ten, And it, which is a couple of years old now, too, which isn't is, a, it? which is a couple of years old now. And it's yeah. sensor is like now four years old, I think when the, the original D 800 came out. Uh, and there, there's the new Sony sensor that they use in the A7R2, the uh, 42 megapixel version of that same sort of sensor, mm-hmm. uh, which if I was ever going to jump to Nikon, I'd probably wait till the 820 or whatever it is that uses that sensor, whatever the new one is. Um, Why not just go to the 5D? I mean, the, the D5. Uh, with the D, the Nikon D5? Yeah. Because I'm looking for the resolution. I'm not looking for the speed and stuff. 
Ah, okay. You know, um, so, uh, so I was, anyway, I was looking at this and playing with cameras and all the rest of it. And I, and I was, so I, I just as like a little, uh, uh, what was I looking for? Exercise. I just went on to B and H and I started like playing around with like what it would cost me to do the switch and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the, what I would buy today to do what I do is somewhat different than what I had bought before to do what I do. And I just, I was just thinking about the fact that, you know, the tools that we use, that we, we, we buy tools to do the job we think we want to do. And then either the, the job you want to do changes or your tastes change in such a way that like certain things become more important to you over time or less important to you over time. When I, when I used to meet photographers, when I first got into all this kind of stuff and, and they'd be like, Oh, you know, I used to have all that gear and now I'm down to like a camera and one lens and one light. You know what I mean? Like those kinds of like sort of reductionist kind of people. And there must, I'm sure there are the same for illustrators. It's like, yeah, I use these two pens and this one kind of pad and that's, you know, I just do everything on there. Right. Um, And, and I was just thinking about it. It's like, "Eh, if I moved to Nikon, like, yeah, I'd need a 35 and a 50 and an 85, but you know what? I don't need the fancy $1.4, $2,000 lenses, which I have all the, you know, or the one, two cannons. It's like, sure. Big, they're heavy. They're slower well, you, to focus. I rarely, if ever, use them wide open. Yeah. You, know? you, you but, may even be able to go. And the Sigma art lenses are, by by all accounts, fantastic. Oh, the, even, even their zooms. Yep. Th- those those are great. But they're also um, those are also as big and heavy as the the first party ones. Like those. Are, I was even thinking, like, you know what? The 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 thirty five f two or two eight, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like the three hundred dollar version of the lens is probably fine for what I want to do. You know, probably. it's like this, this weird, there's this weird realization that, that, that not only it's, it's not that I like don't need the best. It's just like, what is the best? Isn't necessarily what's best for you. You know what I mean? And, and if, and if I had to like throw out all my gear today and buy all new gear, there's only a handful of things that I would keep from the old setup to the new, as far as like what I would buy if I was buying again today. You know? Right. Right. And, and I just it was just kind of interesting how your tastes and your needs change over time as you work. And I guess you're ultimately sort of refining what it is that you're trying to accomplish. And therefore, you realize that the tools that you use and the tools that you don't use, you know, well, um, it might not even be a refinement. It might be a completely different direction. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And but it's, it's you could almost you can almost uh, age I'm going to use the word artist just for lack of a better word. Yeah, you, sure. can, you can almost age the artist by how into what gear they are in, say, photography. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I find that the, the, more, the more mature somebody gets in their art, either, either the less they care about gear or the more they just, it's like, I just want, I want this because this works for me in the way I want it to work. And I know there might be newer, better ones, or I know there might be more expensive, whatever ones, you know, or even, you know, even things have changed since. Okay. So I bought all of my weird L Canon primes back in no nine. I think I bought them, uh, or, or, or 2010. So they're six, seven years old now. If the, 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 uh, Canon has come out with their, their new 24 to 70 zoom, which I had the old 24 to 70 zoom, which was fine, but not sharp, sharp, not like prime sharp. The new one has better sharpness than any of the primes in that range that, that Canon has like all right. the primes that I have, the new zoom is better than it. Cause technology is marched on. 
you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, maybe I don't need like this bag full of lenses. Maybe I could do with like one really, really good zoom and one really, really good body. And as far as my back goes, you know, like I have my bad back and all the rest of it. It's like, you know what? Weight actually matters to me now in a way that it I didn't even think about it before, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, this is all to say that that it's just amazing how things change and how 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 you you want or need different stuff as time goes on. I don't know. What do you think about so is, that? Is medium format out of the question for you then? Because you you've you've <laughs> entertained that. Yeah, I mean, if it was like the Pentax, I'd be down for that. I was reading, in, but uh, even that is going to be heavier than than your five D. My five D. Yeah, but you know what's interesting? A lot of those lenses, because they're not super super fast lenses, you know, they're f two eight. Right. And whatnot. They're, I mean, they're, they're physically large, but they're actually lighter than say my 85 one, two like weighs like four pounds or something like that. Right. Like the, the, none of the Pentax lenses I've ever held are at least in the range that I would use are all that heavy. You know, they're, what they're more the, like big, uh, giant the, the a seven R two. Why not go that way? That's a tiny body and it's 42 megapixels. You know what I really don't like about that? Well, two things I don't like about it. I don't like the, I, I don't like the lack of physical controls. It's like a lot of computery kind of stuff to get around to settings. I don't like the EVF and I don't like the fact that the battery life sucks. Mm-hmm. Anything with an EVF, it's like you get like 200 pictures on the battery and I'm like, yeah, but you're, you're, you're taking portraits. You're not shooting weddings. So no, but, but the, carry but, a couple batteries with you. Yeah. But I, but you know what? I've had cameras that I had to carry batteries with me, like the little Fuji X 100 that I had. It drove me crazy that like I, I would take three pictures and I'd look at the battery thing and it would be like down a quarter already. And I'd be like, the hell is this thing i'm so used to i don't even think about the battery on my camera like i'll i'll charge it up the night before a shoot that like i'm getting paid for but otherwise mm. i don't even think about charging it because I, I i don't worry that it's not going to be there it's like mm. something i don't it's, it's an element i don't want to have to think about and the evf ugh, i don't like the evf um, well you're gonna have to suck that up because that seems to be where everybody's going yeah i know eventually but you know right now i'm sure like a new nikon anyway the point is is that like yeah what it is that i would buy tomorrow is not what it is that i would buy today and i just i just thought that was really interesting like i, I was very settled on the gear that i use and now i'm sort of like yeah if, if i if i sold all this stuff i would get a smaller kit a tighter kit a less expensive kit in many ways um and 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 worry about it less in some strange way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I don't know if that's a sign of me being crazy or, or, or just simplification over time, you know? Right. right. I, it's, and I'm, I'm wondering if, if, if it's a good, it's a good sign that I want to reduce, you know, like I have a lot of gear in my, in my closet that I don't use anymore. It's like, you know, I'll pull out some umbrella or some brawly box or some whatever. It's, it'd be like, man, I haven't used this in like three years. Should I just like get rid of, should I put all this stuff aside that I don't use anymore and either sell it or put it outside, you know, and let somebody else use it and clear up space in my closet. Like I'm in a reductionist mode. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You ever get in a reductionist mode with your stuff? Uh, yeah, remember how I moved across country and didn't take anything that wouldn't fit in my car? <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Did it feel good though? Yes. So when when you when you got when you actually not only when you finished reducing, but like when you got where you were going, you set it all up again. Did it feel refreshed not like less weighty on yes. your shoulders? Yeah. There are a couple things that I wish I would have kept. Okay, like what? The printers? Uh, yeah, I wish I would have kept my my big printer, but you know, that didn't happen. Um yeah. And that's pretty much the only thing. I, I mean, I just, I bought a new printer, but that's fine. Um, 
but with with very few exceptions, that process was amazing. That process of of looking at at the this pile of stuff. Uh, what is it, Carlin? George Carlin says your your house is just a big pile of stuff with a cover on it. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so looking at this pile of stuff and going, what do I, what do I need? What do I value? Yeah. What do I, what do I really want to take with me? What do I really want to keep moving forward? And the, like I said, with a, with very few exceptions, there are a couple of things go that I kind of go, oh, I wish I would have kept that, but nothing that is not replaceable and probably replaceable with, uh, something that, that fits better. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, Heather and I, uh, somebody recommended a documentary called the century of the self. Have you watched this? I have not. Okay. I haven't heard of it. It's, uh, it's on, you can watch it on YouTube now. It's a, a British, like a four hour British series all about Edward Bernays and Sigmund Freud and like the whole concept of, you know, advertising and politics and all the rest of it, basically trying to create consumerism in the early 20th century Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. making people you know you won't actually be happier by having this car but you'll feel happier by having this car you won't be measurably happier but you will feel yeah okay right yeah yeah and you know like put a link in the in the show notes yeah i i I put a link to the wikipedia and i'll I'll find a link to the to the thing i mean it's four hours long and it's like very slow and like ominous music and like very you know like okay is this is this really all as nefarious as they say or is it just sort of like one of these things where everyone's always just trying to be greedy and so corporations are trying to figure out how to sell more coke or whatever it is right um but but there is a certain sense of it. It's like there there was a time where, you know, I would use this camera and like put aside all the tax stuff and all the rest of it. I This camera still works. I will use this camera until it dies. And then I will buy a new camera because I'll need a new camera then. Where we have definitely gotten to this place where it's like we we always continue. We're upgrading the minute we get the thing that we have, you know. Well, on, on some level, the thing that you buy is is obsolete from the day that you bought it. Yeah, and 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 that has to do with the speed of technology and manufacturing nowadays, and it you know, or just the way you buy things. You sure. Know? Do, do you do you buy the latest MacBook Pro, or do you go to the refurb store and buy the last generation to save some money? Yeah, yeah. Both are completely valid. Yep. But one is a little potentially a little less future proof than the other. Well, in the case of the MacBook Pro, that's like a four year old design anyway. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just ordered some film over the weekend. What'd you order? HP five. Oh, okay. Where'd you order it from? B and H. Ah, okay. There you go. Uh, did, hey, when you went to B and H, did you actually buy anything? Uh, no, no, okay. no, no. You no. just walked around. Just walked around. Limited time, and there were you know five hundred people in line. Yeah. Uh, I just I don't know. I just it's it's interesting when you watch a documentary like that and and that kind of thing, and you start thinking about your own life and like what it is that you actually need in order to get what you need to get done done. And a lot of times it's less than you thought or, you know, there's a balancing act, right? Between the sort of Maslow's hierarchy and, and, and what you've convinced yourself that you need beyond that. Yes, absolutely. And, and also sort of the knowing what you're going to need later. So, you know, the, the whole, buy the best now and then you can just have it for years as opposed to buying the thing that's almost good enough oh well it isn't quite good enough so i'm gonna have to buy the next thing and you're gonna work your way up to that best thing eventually so if you have the money you might as well just buy the best thing now and use it the whole time you know that sort of 
you know, like sure, just, if if it's something that can be identifiable that easily, yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. I think yeah. Our, our our decisions are often, especially you know, while we're on the subject of gear, they're often far more nuanced. Uh, a- absolutely, but I think a lot of it is you don't know what you need until you use the wrong thing, and then you realize, oh, right, uh, you know, uh, you know, like for me, it's just like oh having to worry about battery life would drive me crazy. This isn't yeah, the camera yeah. for me. You know, there were times walking around where I felt the limitations of a single 35 millimeter prime where I, I wish yep. I had a little more reach or I wish I had a little less and I could have gotten like that alley, for example, a little wider. I wish I had like a 22 or 23, what the 23 or even the 18. Right. And know, that, to, what that camera's really cropped out. anyway. So that's sort of like a 50 on there. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. But then you also think I, whenever I'm in a situation like you were just talking about, I go, you know what? Carter Bryson never said that. You know, like he was well, fine you shooting. You, well, you don't okay, know that. Maybe, maybe he, he did, did take that and maybe he could have gotten any other, could have gotten even better pictures, but maybe that limitation uh, has maybe that same limitation that you feel there caused you to create some really nice stuff because of the limitation on the other sure, side, you know? Sure, sure. And it, it, yeah, but uh, going back to the, like knowing what you need when you need it, a lot of it's just sort of being self-aware. And I'm not saying that you like can think your way out of this, but just knowing what you're going to need later. Sometimes it's a lot of, sometimes you just don't even know what you're going to need or what mm-hmm. you're going to like or whatever. Mm-hmm. It is. Anyway, it's just uh, really interesting. And, and I'm getting to the point where like all of my gear is like years and years old. And it's like, I'm going to have to replace some of it soon. Cause it's starting to feel clunky. Um, and, uh, uh it's just, it, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what, where, which direction I end up going, you know? Um, the five DSR is pretty nice though. Well, uh, just do it then, man. Just get it. Yeah, it doesn't have enough dynamic range. That's one oh, thing I don't like about please. my camera. Yeah. Well, I don't. Come on. You you crush your stuff so much. Do you really need eighteen stops of dynamic range? Come well, on. I don't, the, well, come that's on. the thing. I don't crush my stuff much at all, and I'm always pulling up the shadows. Um, and I I I took some pictures with the A10, and I was like, oh yeah, this is this is more like it. Uh, really, really nice, by the way. Um, still completely weird. It's so strange when you get used to one set of controls and somebody, it's like going from a German car to a Japanese car and you're just like, what, what why would they put that stick over there? You know, right? it's like, it, it's, that's, that's what it feels like whenever I use, I'm like, where the hell's the play button on this damn camera? Like, I just right, want to see right, the picture right. I just took and you're like searching around, like feeling like an idiot. And they're just like, well, you know, maybe if you were a photographer, I'm like, I am a photographer. I just don't know where the damn play button is. <laughs> Uh, but it doesn't matter because the iPhone has uh, cratered, uh, or smartphones, I would probably say. Has, uh, I think probably more the iPhone than... than. Yeah, I think having stuff in your pocket. But, you know, yeah. here's the thing is that like a lot of those cameras... So this we're talking about an article. Where was this? This is the Washington Post. Washington Post. What the iPhone has done to cameras is completely insane, which is a little link-baity. But when you look at the stats, it it is kind of crazy what what the iphone has done yeah that is kind of crazy uh so basically the the well do we know that it was the iphone or it could be anything you know it could be that cameras haven't improved that much over the last couple of years you know so it's uh, coincidence that the iphone comes out and point no, and shoot cameras start to tank even well, though they've gotten better I, well that i know mm, i get yeah. no you're right but but i'm just saying that like you know cause correlation is not causation necessarily uh but yes, the the sales of of cameras in general, right? Total camera sales in let's see, two thousand nine were at like one hundred twenty million, and now they're down to like forty million, which is crazy. Imagine the, pri- the the camera sales have have 
going down to a third of what they were. Right. God, if you were a camera manufacturer, that would suck. <laughs> um, what is the, I mean, I guess this is one of those things where it's like, you know what? People don't need the fancy thing anymore. Well, it's, or, or like the, the, the pocket camera, you know, sort of the, the digital elf. Right. As it were, right. Is, is and, sort and of, there are exceptions to Moore's law, you know, how, uh, how much better do you need? You know, going back to, to the, the previous yeah. discussion about tools, you know, yes, the, the, the 5S had a better camera than the 5, and the 6 has a better camera than the 5S, and the 7 is going to have a better camera than the 6S. But and, how many of those people actually notice that or ever actually print their pictures or right. do anything with them? Yeah. Now, I will say going from, in my own use, going from a 5S to a 6S, I have, I have noticed a big difference in, in picture quality. Yeah. You're not, I mean, yes, you're going from eight megapixel to 12 megapixel. So that's a big jump. Um, but I think the lens has gotten better. Um, stabilization has gotten better. So there are all sorts of ancillary things that have, that have gotten better beyond just more megapixels. And I, I think that's, that megapixel thing is, is over by and large. I mean, other than specific use cases like you outlined earlier, but yeah, I, I think, yeah. The average person doesn't need more than 12 out of their phone or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or, or, you know, what's the new sweet spot now for crop sensors is like 24. 24. Spot. Which is um, more than any of those 99% of those people are ever going to use. Sure. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's the odd person who needs more than that. And, but those are like the weird specialized nutty per- people like me, which right. is, which is fine. But like, um, even, you know, even with the phone though, <coughs> excuse me, the, I get a lot of like lens flare. My highlights mm-hmm. blow out really ugly, even in my 4S, you know, uh, and I see other people's pictures with phones and I'm like, am I just seeing their pictures where the light was better than the light is for me? Or did I get a bad, f-? you know, I wonder if there's a lot of variance within a particular mm-hmm. product, mm-hmm. you know, okay. Like I, I will to, say I often pull down, use the manual exposure and I, I pull often it down pull a down bit. by a, a third or so. Yeah. And I also noticed that my, my lens a lot of times I will actually have to physically wipe off the lens of mm-hmm, my camera. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's, it just gets like foggy, you know, and you have you, to actually you still have that. Uh, what did, what did you buy that lens that you took on your vacation? Yeah. You still I, use I, that at all. Uh, I don't because I don't usually carry it around. Um, mm-hmm. the, the annoying thing about the auto clip is that you can't use it with a case on. So oh, you got to pop okay. your case off to use it, which, right, 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 right. you know, is, is fine, but it's not the kind of thing I'm going to do all the time. Uh, I was actually talking about the auto clip with somebody this weekend. Uh, just saying how, you know, it's good, but it's, it, you know, it's it's not optically very great. Like it's huge distortion and lots of lens flare, not very sharp and all that rest of it. But like if, if you just want a little tiny thing that you can uh, throw in your pocket that gives you more options, it's not a bad way to go. Yeah. What about the moment? Is that supposed to be any better at all? Uh, the moment lenses are supposed to be better, but they're significantly more expensive. They're like $100 a piece and you mm. have to use their special case to use them. Ah, uh, right. They th- they thread on, don't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they, they are optically much better, but it's uh, sort of the next level up, uh, the next tier. But I I haven't used them myself. Maybe we should contact them to see if we can we can uh, get them. I Does guess the my... case have a battery in it, or is it? Uh, no, I think it's just a case. From what I understand, I I may be wrong. Do you think these numbers are ever going to go up again, or do you think that camera sales period peaked and are going to go down? Well, this is here's the problem. This is looking at total camera sales, but why isn't the iPhone considered a camera? See what I'm saying? Uh, I don't. I don't know. 
You know what I mean? It's kind of like saying, uh, you know, uh, total total typewriter sales once a computer comes out. And it's like, well, the computer is now doing the job of the typewriter. So why isn't it itself a typewriter? You know, um, considered if, if people are doing word processing on it, it's basically like how many word processing machines have you sold over the last 50 years? And it's like, right, right, it right. used to be typewriters and now it's a computer, but it's still a thing where people are sitting down and typing. I think it's it, because it's still considered primarily a phone. I yeah, think probably which is funny because actually for that. most people, it's primarily... <laughs> A, a internet communication device and a camera right more than it is a phone it's kind of funny how it, it's really it being an iphone is a misnomer now yeah it's kind of a misnomer yeah yeah um i yeah but apparently so there's another chart down the thing that shows how digital slr sales peaked in 2012 too and are now down you know 30 percent from where they were um, I think a lot of that isn't is is a the people who were into photography and now can be satiated by their phones. But then the other side of it is the fact that d- digital SLRs got really good around 2010. And so mm-hmm. if you bought one between 2010 and 20, 2012, there's less of a reason for you to upgrade. It's sort of like an iPad kind of thing. Yeah. You know, like, well, eh, I wonder, too, is it do we like them for the picture quality or do we like them for the connectivity? Is 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 there. I'm sure there are stats out there. We're talking about the phone ones? Yeah, the phones. You know, okay. do, do I love the, 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 the pictures coming out of my iPhone or is it, is it more the fact that I can take a picture, process it, share it with the world from one device? Yeah, and if I could do that, if, if, if you could, I know there are cameras like the little Sonys and things that could do Wi-Fi to the phone, but it's, every time I've tried it, it's kind of clunky. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could get that to be send a phone it just goes bloop and it pops up on right. the phone and then you can like work with it and maybe it maybe you can with like one of the iFi cards maybe they're better than the built-in yeah. solutions i don't know i don't have yeah, wi-fi exactly and if somebody out there has used any of these things that actually work easily uh let us know that there's a better answer but but yeah if if you could take a picture with your fuji doesn't the new x pro have wi-fi yeah, and bluetooth the x pro and and the xt1 does and, and uh, yeah and somebody was telling me oh it's this girl that i'm doing i was supposed to do some retouching for um has it X T 10 X 10 X T 10. Yeah. X T 10. Basically uh, the X T one. Non shield, slightly smaller. Yeah. It's tiny. It's like little in your hands. Yeah. It's um, tiny. That's but, but I buy it. she was saying that she transfers uh, her pictures from her phone over to her computer and plays with them like in the field, uh, which is so, interesting. Okay. Does it, uh, and somebody who's using any of the X series cameras, this is a question for you. Any of the X series cameras with Wi-Fi? If you're shooting RAW plus JPEG, can can you set up the camera to just send a JPEG to your phone, or or does it ha- automatically, or does it have to be you have to stop what you're doing, go send this to phone, stop or what send you're this, doing, sorry. you know, yeah, yeah, I do. It's a good question, yeah, but still, even no matter how s- smooth that goes, it's still going to be clunkier than having it all built into the single thing. Sure, but it would be kind of cool to be walking around shooting, 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 and then I go sit down to get a cup of coffee or something or, yep. or you know, whatever, and I can flip through and see JPEG previews, and if I want to shoot one of those up to Instagram or Twitter or whatever, I can. I like that. Yep. Yeah. And I, I well, I wonder if the, if the answer isn't that, but rather add some of that functionality to the camera. Yeah, but then you've got to bring in an app ecosystem to the yep. camera. Yeah, I know. It is kind of crazy though that any of these cameras have their own operating systems versus just like grabbing Android and sticking it on there. You know, I mean, a slimmed down Android that's all locked down and stuff. But like, why not? Why have 
how much do touch screens cost nowadays? You know, like you think like mm-hmm. uh, some of these new cameras have touch screens, but a lot of them don't, you know, um, even in, I, I watched the, uh, the, uh, the Hasselblad thing that Carl Taylor did and he's like, Oh, and this new it's camera, great like, video, right? Yeah, it's good. I mean, video. I mean, what a mess, not for nothing, but he did a fantastic job. We're talking about Carl's new, uh, H6 promo. Fantastic job. Yeah. We'll put a link in the show notes. I'll find it in a minute. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but he, where he's just like, and finally I can, I can see a high res image on my, on my camera. And it's like, wait a minute, these, these medium format cameras have been having a, a crappy screen on them till now. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, yeah, it, it's good that they finally came up with the answer, but it's amazing that it took this long for them to put a decent touch screen on the back of a $40,000 camera, you know? Um, so it's just, you, you kind of wonder like why the camera companies are so far behind in technology. Anyway, it's interesting. They're, they're so far ahead in so many things and so far behind in the other. Right. Um, but anyway, it's just interesting. But uh, yeah, I'll put a link to this uh, iPhone has done to the camera market. I don't know. I, yeah. You know what? Even like when you go to the photo plus and all those things, they're smaller than they were a few years ago. Well, I mean, look at uh, Paris photo got canceled. I mean, it's not a gear show. Yeah, but yeah. Paris Photo LA canceled because the market's just not there. You know, that that might be a conversation for a later show. Is the photogra- photo renaissance over? Uh yeah, put it in the show notes for uh for for you know next time. For the for the four year anniversary show. Right. Right. <laughs> uh speaking of of Renaissance. Yeah. Uh, there's another article I put in the show notes. It's it's called The Fashion of Art History Reimagined Through Instagram. And I, I've been finding a ton of really inspiring stuff, uh, uh, people to follow, uh, accounts, bodies of work to follow on Instagram. Art and, garments. Yeah. Art garments is the name of this one. And it, it basically, uh, here, just this, uh, article is from another magazine. Uh, despite making its Instagram debut just three months ago, the innovative new account Art Garments is already supplying a sartorially inclined stream of pre-20th century art to the handheld feeds of over 23,000 people. A shared account and by all means a consuming labor of love uh, by two inconspicuous individuals based in New York, the account frames intricate garment details and style notes from classical works by the likes of Alexis Joseph, uh, what is that? Perignon? Yeah. Uh, Giacomo Ceruti and Frederick Solacroix. Solacroix. Yeah. Uh, Through the most contemporary of social platforms. Here, one half of the enigmatic pair who wishes to remain anonymous explains why bringing roughs and bustles to the front line of digital culture is of paramount importance. So it's just kind of a, it's it's a neat feed that shows uh, classical garments uh in in kind of detail that you that you wouldn't normally see them in contemporary culture yeah it seems like there are these um uh certain instagram accounts that are are very niche right where yeah i mean niche to twenty six thousand people but like the people who are interested in historical garments can follow this thing and and all you're going to get are historical garments you know, or paintings and photographs and whatever it is that that have different crazy fashion in them. Right. And like, that's a really interesting way of looking at it, you know? Um, well, and I, you know, I, I think that's the, one of the, for me, that's one of the beauties of Instagram. I fought the people that I follow generally, I follow for a particular body of work or a point of view. Yeah. You yep. know, there's a guy, uh, uh, Jason Peterson that I follow in He's a, an architectural photographer in Chicago, does black and whites, does these beautiful black and whites. 
uh, all over the world, but primarily Chicago. Well, if he starts posting sports or portraits, I'm right. going to be like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, not yeah, why yeah. I follow you. I follow you for this point of view. Or uh, there's another guy that goes um, uh, under the handle 446I, the letter I, not E-Y-E. Yep. Uh, and he's a, a street shooter in Tokyo. And he's got this very kind of specific way of seeing Tokyo. And, and I find that fascinating. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, you're right. There are these little sort of niche portfolios or, or niche um, sort of microcosms of work that that's the entire feed. Yeah. And I, for one, love that about Instagram. It's like going into a, a, a very niche gallery or something. You sure. Know, and, and checking sure. it out every once in a while. Yeah, I think in, in some ways those are the... It's funny, even though this thing has 26,000 know, things, I'm sure that there are, you know, Kim Kardashian accounts that have 43 million, you know, so sure. it's still, it's still tiny in the grand scheme of things. Um, but, but important to that group of people, you know, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if in the future, all of these micro communities, mm-hmm. uh, add up to the larger communities that used to be in culture or, 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 or if it's, if it's, if it's micro communities all the way down now, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Is everything, if, and if everything's niche, what happens to niche? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and is there any common culture if everyone's in their right. own little bucket? Yeah. You know? uh, I'm going to put that down as a good title. Hey, the kids what love the niche? VR. <clears throat> yes, they do. VR is is big at the moment. Uh, I'm I, I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm, I'm curious to see will it become the 3D of cinema, which lasted for a little while, and then people went, mm, "This is kind of dumb." Yeah. Um, or are these people on the forefront of a revolution? Right. Well, I know with you know it's big in gaming and becoming bigger in gaming it's, and Japan. It's, it's big in porn. Well, look, <laughs> come on, like it or not historically at least in the last 30 years porn has driven technology yeah yeah you know a lot of the a lot of the online 30 years photography in the beginning i'm sure yeah but i mean in terms of yes you know streaming video vcrs dvds streaming video yeah yeah yeah. um i don't know if i want to be in porn though you know what i mean uh yeah that seems a little too much i you know i used to work with a guy uh who was in porn films yep not as an not as an actor he was like the security guard or the bartender or you know like he was he was just sure. like the extra you know it was never never is, naked or anything is but, patrick okay with you talking about this oh, come oh. On, wasn't, patrick. <laughs> wasn't patrick hi patrick hi patrick uh no patrick was in like murphy brown i know patrick was actually a fast uh, times at ridgemont high he's patrick legit was in, he's legit yeah yep. he's legit uh, oh I'll have to ask him permission if I can share this story. But uh, in a nutshell, somebody used one of his photographs. It looks as though, allegedly, someone used one of his photographs for a movie poster. I'll, I'll ask if it's okay to share that wow, story. okay. Yeah, we'll see. Anyway, uh, so VR, huge, becoming huge. You can buy VR uh, headsets. Oculus Rift is yep. one, uh, which Facebook H- now HTC owns. HTC Vive. The Vive is another one. The Sony has them. a PlayStation VR. Yeah. Uh, Steam has one. Uh, well, Steam uses Steam VR and Vive, so you you can use either one of those. Um, I have not played a VR game yet. 
Okay. I understand they're pretty cool. Uh, I don't, I don't know that I would enjoy it. You know, uh, I, I had actually dinner with a friend of mine last week who hasn't played with one of the high end ones, but has messed around with the like Samsung gear cheap ones. Okay. Okay. And, uh, he said, you know, yeah, he said I was in, I was in a really weird thing where they had put a camera between the edge and Bono sitting on stage, like during sound check, singing a song together. Like you were and on you a stool, kinda, be- you can look back look and to your left and there's them? Bono look to your right and there's the edge. Huh? And, and he said, and it, 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 he realized at a certain point that he was being self-conscious about the fact that he must've looked like a goof in the real world, just standing there, like knocking his head back and forth. Right. Well, it's, it's sort of like the next generation of, <clears throat> of Google glass. Right. And right. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but that he, uh, I said, could you, cause he's a gamer, uh, sort of like a lot of online games and stuff, my friend, Chris. And I was like, could you imagine yourself playing a game, getting involved in it and it actually becoming a problem? You know, like getting getting lost in the game actually becomes a problem in your life. And he's like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, sort of like the addiction kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Well, um, it's, it's like that. Uh, the thing with Brainstorm, that movie, we've we've mentioned that a couple of yep. times. Yeah. Where they just become addicted to this this sensory overload afforded them by this device. Yeah. It's called Instagram. Yeah. Or, or Facebook <laughs> or Facebook. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah. Well, OK. So so time has an article here about uh, some Google people who pulled together a bunch of artists to mess around with painting in VR. You put this in here. This is pretty interesting. Right. Uh, so they put like uh, Chip Kid and Barry Blitt and uh, Jade yeah, the Lowe. Chip Kid one's awesome. I love Chip Kid. You, you know, it's interesting. I think the people who did the best uh, were the, uh, the, the muralist at the end. That guy mm-hmm. did a really good job. Brandon Cruz. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it sounded like Karen Caldicott, who's a sculptor, didn't really like it. Right. She, it, it, it's interest. It was interesting to me to see that they didn't have a unified view of what it was or where it could go or how much they liked it. Mm-hmm. You know, certain mm-hmm. people were just like, "Oh, that's really cool," or like, "Oh man, this is totally like well connected." And then other people were like, "Ooh, I don't like the way that makes it feel. I don't feel like I have control right. over the thing that right. I want to have control over." It's it's kind of the ultimate extension of that focus by wire or or driving by wire. If you're driving like a Prius or something where you, you don't have the direct control over the tool, you're controlling yes. the controller that then interprets the control and sends that information to the tool. And I'm sure that all of that, the latency will get pulled down over time and things mm-hmm. will get better over time. But it is it is interesting uh that it wasn't it wasn't either universal praise or universal admonishment you know what i mean like it was like it was it was somewhere in between like everyone was a little, everyone was a little uh tempered in their in their thoughts you know and mm-hmm. it's early on it's it's a tool the question is are is it better than the tools they have now to make what they make or will this just be another like if you made if you gave them all a bunch of wire and paper mache stuff they don't normally have Right. Stuff they don't normally use. Would they be equally like, oh, this is interesting the way this changes the way I look at things. It removes, but it removes, hmm, it removes any sense of tactility. And you like the tactility. I, I depend on the tactility. What, what if, what if they can put, you know, uh, motors and shakers and things in the thing. So like when you're actually painting where it's there's, like a haptic there's glove like a, yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a buzz I don't know. To, the, I, to the thing. I still, for me, I still feel a connection to the material. 
I, I value the connection to the material. And it's, it's, it's sort of the difference between talking to, and, and I don't want this to be a digital versus, mm-hmm. you know, film, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's, it's this, the, ex, the experiential difference or the sense memory of a photographer who has grown up with digital versus a photographer who grew up using film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, do you think that part of it is, and I, I, you know, I was taking some portraits last week for this woman's like uh, author photo. And, you know, and she, and she, she like made a goofy face or something. And we took a couple of pictures that were goofy. I was like, don't worry. It's just digital. It doesn't cost anything. And the, the but there, there, there's a respect for consumables in the real world. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, that this is ink going on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, rip it up and throw it in the trash. Yeah. You have another piece of paper, but that wasn't actually a piece of paper that went in the trash versus, oh, this isn't working out. Wipe, start over. And just right. a blank screen. Like, do you think that there's yeah, something to I don't do with know. that? I mean, I think, I think for some people there is a, the, the respect or the value of the raw materials does become part of the creative process. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting. So are you saying that you would or would not be interested in working in VR? Not at all. Zero. Zero yeah. interest. Even even if it could create, you know, there's a lot of people talking about, okay, we're going to start making movies in VR. And you're like, okay, but the whole point of a movie is that... I, it's a horrible idea. I could imagine it being interesting to have sort of a surround movie where like a director is moving you and choosing where you look. That's, that's part of the director's job, though, is to tell that story. Well, that, if that's you're what just I'm sitting, saying. If you're just sitting in the room, okay, if you're, if you're watching, I don't know, The Breakfast Club... And you don't have to focus on, you know, I don't know, Anthony Michael Hall and his whole speech, but you're too busy staring at Ali Sheedy. Well, you're going to miss that whole monologue. Yeah. You're going to miss that whole point of view. And you have good taste. Anyway. I like, I like Ali Sheedy. No, I, know. I, I agree. But, but, but at the same time, maybe you and I are old fuddy-duddies and these people are going, maybe it's not about choosing your point of view in that moment, but rather it's about... Uh, I don't know, creating the emotion in the room so that you are viscerally feeling what everyone in the room is feeling. You know, like you're one of the participants. But at at some point, it's like it's like Hemingway, choose your own adventure. I don't want that. I want Hemingway's point of view. I want Faulkner's point of view. I want Shakespeare's point of view. I don't want to decide what happens to Horatio. I don't want to happen to decide what happens to to Claudius. I want, you know. Let me ask you this. What if it yeah. was, you know, the, the Battle of Gettysburg, right? Pickett's Charge, right? The, the video. Right. And you could go in, you could run around. But instead, they opened it up so that you could record your trip through that charge. And that became a, 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 a thing I could, you could post. And I could do my version of it. And so it's all these sort of derivative works off of this one experience and how all these different people experienced this one event. I think that becomes something different. Okay. That that's, that's, I think that's, I wonder if that's where it's going. You're not the, telling the a particular story. Right. But the, I wonder if the, the media that people consume will be less somebody's point of view, but rather the situation that they could create their own point of view and then share those points of view. And that's the future. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just wondering if that's where they're going with it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, I think an interesting litmus test is, is open world game. 
you know, open world gaming where, where yes, there is a narrative going on and maybe even persistent MMORPGs where, where there's a persistent world that time is passing regardless of your, whether you're in it or not, whether you're in the game world or not, but something like, I don't know, Grand Theft Auto. Talk about fear of missing out. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Grand Theft Auto, because it's, it's sort of the poster child for these types of games. You know, are we just going to be, you know, running around shooting things and, and beating up hookers in VR? Because that's, that's what you did in 2D and 3D and now you're in 4D and that's just basically what you do. Now it's just I, a more realistic know. prostitute. Yeah, that you're I don't. Up. I I don't know. You know, I think there and, there and, will be uh, segments of of gamers, customers, consumers. What are you going to call them? What viewers, participants? I don't know. Yeah, that, that will that will sort of reduce the common denominator to that. Um, but to to your to your uh, example a few minutes ago, if if you could be uh, a particular. Yeah, hell of a way to teach history. A, yeah, a fly on the wall in this in this battle. Yeah, that that's kind of interesting as a as a as a as a method or as a. Yeah, I, I don't it, know. It, it changes. It it makes you start questioning the entire concept of human experience, right? Because at a certain point, you could create any situation. You can experience any situation, and you're in like a super holodeck. You know what I mean? Where my, my fear well, why with live this, real life. <laughs> yeah. My fear with this is it is another way for us not to connect with one another. Yes. But there's some people who would say that, you know, it's, it's, you know, you put up a picture on Instagram and a thousand people get to connect with you in a way that how else would a thousand people ever see your picture otherwise? So how that you're making a, a, a value judgment on connections and you're, you're well, assuming the real world is better. I don't think a like is a connection. Okay. Yeah. And in fact, uh, one of the Connors's, Connors's, Connors, one of the yeah. Connors brothers, was the it brothers Chris? Connor. Yeah. The brothers C. I think it was Chris, uh, had a fantastic idea about connection. And I'd like to propose this to, he emailed us, and I'd like to propose this to the group uh, or, or even listeners at large. Those of you who like plus one, uh, uh, heart, you know, whatever it is that you do to interact with a piece of, of work that you, that you dig for the next week. Don't do that for the next week. Avoid the like button, avoid the plus one button, avoid the heart button. And if, and if you want to comment, then make a comment. Yes. Actually use words, use, use maybe even sentences and, and point out what you do or don't like about that photograph, that song, that whatever it is. Yeah. And, and see what happens because I, a couple, what was it? Two or three weeks ago, I made the comment that I would rather have one actual comment than a hundred clicks of the like button. So why don't we do that? Why don't we do that for the next week? I love this idea for comment instead of like, yeah. Comment on something, even if it's just love the color, great composition. Yeah. Or that's funny or, you know, whatever it is. And emojis don't count. Emojis don't count. I like that as a title. (laughs) All right. No emojis. Actually use words. Actually communicate with another human being. And let's see how it turns out. Even on the group. If you're not in the G plus group, 
you can find the G plus group. Uh, what is it? What is the, what is the link? Uh, well, I'll put a link in the show notes. Okay. I mean, if you go to Google plus and look up. Yeah, you I'm can look it up or it's uh, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash O-T-P group if there you're you not go. in there. Uh, but yeah, let, let, let's, let's try that. Let's try connecting with people with words or with comments or offering some sort of thing other than just clicking the like button. Let's see how that works. Yeah. It's a different way of looking at it. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you, you had me put this Dave Leffner thing. I in did. There. And now I'm trying to remember how it is, how, how, I, what I was trying to get at. Oh, I think I was just trying to get at, um, we kind of already discussed it. I, we, I was trying to think about where I kind of went with the, uh, um, saying paper mache. Right. Like, I wonder if just getting an artist out of their normal form of materials is enough to kind of open up their mind and give a revelatory kind of thought. You know. Maybe, but somebody for for those of you who don't know, Dave Leffner is a is a reduction lino cut artist. Uh, so you you have a piece of linoleum. For those of you who don't know what this is, you have a piece of linoleum. You draw a design on it, and you in reverse, cut, yeah, in in reverse. So you're cutting away. You're you're printing a color, cutting away, printing a color, cutting away, printing a color, cutting away. So by the time you get to the end of of this this process you you have cut away all of the material in the piece of linoleum and the number of prints you made at each color stage, that's the number of prints you get. That's it. You don't get any more. Um, but for somebody like Leffner, is, is what he does even possible? Because it is so dependent on tactility. It is so dependent on connecting with the material. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, what would Michelangelo do with a virtual piece of stone that he could sculpt any way he wanted to? You know, like maybe it would open up the world to a guy like that, you know, but I, but I think, I think you're right in your case, in your situation. I think that, that Lefner would, would think, well, this is just not how I think or work. Mm -hmm. Like you'd, you'd have to put artificial limitations on him in the virtual world in order for him to, to get where he's going. But, and and to be fair, I think there are some artists who are going to take VR in places that we haven't even thought of. And it's going to be amazing. It's but going to be amazing. we have no idea what those things are. Right. I watched a movie this another movie this weekend. I watched Dope, but that was that was good. Uh, but I watched another movie whose name I is just completely flaking on me right now. Uh, I will look it up. Um, which which uh, w- was was good. And one of the scenes in it, the there was like a little. It was a movie called uh, Like Sunday, Like Rain. Okay. Um, and it's it's about a, a little kid who plays cello. Uh, you know who made the movie is, uh, oh, oh God, I can never remember the guy's name. It's going to drive me nuts. Uh, he's an actor that, that you've seen, uh, like rain. Michael Imperioli. Uh, almost, uh, it was actually, the guy's name is Frank Wally. You know, the, uh, he's an actor. Oh, uh, yeah, he was in, uh, uh, he's oh, been in everything. The, he's yeah, been he's in, been tons in a ton of stuff. stuff. Uh, he, he was, uh, check out the big brain on Brad. He was Brad in, yes, uh, Pulp yes. Fiction. Yep. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and so he made this movie about this, like this, uh, uh, 20 something girl who goes and sort of babysits this 12 year old kid who's like super rich and his mom's like off gallivanting. And he, the, 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 yeah, the little kid, the little <laughs> kid plays cello and she's just like, that was really beautiful. Like, you know, who wrote that piece? And he's like, I did. And he's just, she's like, that's amazing. Whatever. And he's just like, yeah, art's dead. 
Nice. <laughs> he was just like, he's like, there's no point like that, you know, no one cares anymore and everything that's been said has been said and it doesn't matter. So like, I'm not going to play cello huh. anymore. And I was like, man, deep, deep thoughts on the 12 year old. And I, and I wonder if in the same way that there are art forms that we don't, you know, look at all that, or that have fallen out of favor for new things. Sure. A painting fell out of favor due to photography. Sure. Initial and, and on. Somebody is going to figure it and somebody contemporary, somebody who's contemporary now will have something to say. I mean, you know, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, who knows who it's going to be. But I, but I, you know, that gets back to, I wonder if the photo Renaissance is over. Right. That's a Hey, Billy Joe Armstrong is in this movie. He is. He plays a bit part in it. Uh, uh, the boyfriend who's a jerk. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty good. Um, you know, you know who would embrace VR? I think who Hockney. Yeah. If he can, yeah, he's having a hard think, time standing up and he smokes too much, but other than that, <laughs> wow. but yeah, he's a hey, uh, judge much. You like Hockney? His, his art. I do. Yeah. I've, I, I was never a fan. I, I have more appreciated appreciation for it now than I ever did a long time ago. You know, I, uh, what I, what I, what I respect most about David Hockney is his, uh, reluctance or refusal to be pigeonholed as this type of artist or that type of artist, or he just does the work. He just does the work and gets on with it. And I, I, I wish that I could get to that place. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, he's pretty good in, um, the, uh, the Penn and Teller movie. Uh, have not seen it. Yeah. 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 You know, the Tim's Vermeer. Oh, 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 I thought, okay. All right. I thought you meant like there was a comedy thing, like he's doing a bit. <laughs> yeah. And Hockney's there and he's getting right. a bullet shot off out of it through his mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, it. <laughs> you, there's an article here that you put in about a, uh, a photographer who basically took portraits of people and then had them drink a glass of wine and then shot right. another one and then drink another glass of wine and shoot another one, one two shoot. and three glasses of wine. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of these? It's pretty funny. Yeah. Does, it, does, it, does this mean that everyone should get sauced before they get their picture taken? Uh, no, no. Uh, I, I, what I liked about it was just, here's something that's just fun. The guy's not taking himself too seriously. He's just having a good time seeing what happens. This is, this is very much though, uh, this is, this is the kind of project that the internet invented, right? You know, we're going to, we're going to take people who hate dogs and put them in a room with puppies. <laughs> You know, like, like, you know, kind all of, those like yeah. BuzzFeed videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of. Like, so this is like, oh, it's, it's, I'm gonna yeah, it's definitely very link baby, but it's fun. Why yeah, not? It is, why, it is, why not fun? It is fun. Apparently that, uh, yeah, that first girl, you get her a glass of wine in her, she gets crazy. Some of these people. They, they get, they do get crazy. Yeah, they get, they uh, get nuts. You know, there's a new Rembrandt. Yeah, what do you think of this? I think it's a dangerous, uh... I, I think it's dangerous to call it a Rembrandt. Okay. So Microsoft, a bunch of computer scientists at Microsoft have used all kinds of technology and whatever they have to analyze a billion Rembrandt paintings and to figure out what makes them Rembrandt angles, brushstrokes, colors, decisions he make, and then basically had the computer recreate what it thinks is a Rembrandt. Yeah. And uh, it looks a lot like a Rembrandt. It does. But is is it? It's it's is, not a Rembrandt, but is it's, it the ultimate sort of Instagram preset? Is that what this is? Well, that you know, the you know this whole uh, Go uh, board game battle that happened a few weeks ago. Do you know about this? No. Okay, so remember when Deep 
blue beet Kasparov. Oh yeah, 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 chess. yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there's a there's a Japanese or Chinese. I think it's Japanese. Uh, game called Go, where you like flip. It's kind of like a very fancy version of Reversi on like a 64 by 64 grid. And uh, th- that these the people play, and they thought this is like the most complicated board game in the world. And they had a five. Oh, okay, the black and white tiles. I'm, I'm just looking yeah, at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so they had uh, uh, some computer, which is an AI, which they didn't teach it how to play Go. They let it learn how to play Go. And they let it play one of the best players in the world, and it beat the best player four times out of five. Hmm. And one of the matches, one of the games, it won the first four, I think, and then lost the fifth, or won the first three and lost the fourth and won the fifth. Uh, the point is that it, like it won, it won the three out of five before the other guy even won. But he's like, no, let's continue. I want to see where this goes. And apparently, at one point, the computer made a move that was so unorthodox that the guy actually got up and walked off stage. Cause he was hmm. like, so he was so like disturbed by it. Wow. And apparently because a lot of the way it works is the computer was just like, what is the next move that gives me the highest likelihood of winning in the end? I don't care that I win by a hundred points or one point. I just want to win. And it's like a completely different way of looking at go. Cause a lot of people who play go, they're like trying to dominate their opponent and all the rest of it. Anyway, the point is, is that this was sort of the last bastion of, humans understand game theory and no computer will ever whatever it is and now they're beating the best players at go i wonder if how long will it take before the same thing is said of any sort of art that we can possibly imagine Mm -hmm. you know whether it's painting or photography or writing you know or sculpture yeah or why do we need why do we need anybody to write a screenplay we can have this computer write the next uh rom-com Right. And it will have analyzed analyzed, uh, 150 years of rom-coms and figured out what we want in a successful rom-com and write the perfect, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. And and then at a certain point, do we really even need the actors and blah, 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 right? I mean, this is like, you know, the nightmare scenario. Sure. Um, But... But there is a question of like, well, where's that going? And, and you know, I watched th- that dope movie that I watched the other day and the other movie. They were both sort of like independent films and they had their flaws and they weren't super polished. And there were places where I thought it was really strong because it wasn't polished. You know, like relationships mm-hmm. between people. You could imagine if instead of whoever did dope, Curtis Hansen did dope or something. And right. suddenly it's this super polished thing by Miramax and it, it takes all the heart out of it. You know, um, well, I think that's that's one of the things that I thought about with this, this this Rembrandt thing is there's no happy accident. There's no aha moment. There is no room for improvisation. Yeah, but who's to say that the computer can't improvise? You know, or who's to say that the computer can't figure out that what makes Rembrandt special was that they weren't perfect. So I'm going to make sure that mine aren't perfect either. But but making something intentionally imperfect versus making is, is a mistake fundamentally or two making a mistake and and working around it or having something happen by chance that you didn't see coming I think those are different it, they it be, feel different it becomes philosophical mm-hmm. and you're also assuming that the computer isn't figuring it out I mean this isn't a computer that's programmed to draw Rembrandts this is a computer that was created to figure out what makes a Rembrandt a Rembrandt and make a Rembrandt, which there's a process in there, isn't there? Sure. And if it, if, and if it was autonomous, if it was like, here you go, here's Rembrandt's. All right. What can you do? 
And it goes and it makes a thing that looks a lot like, what if it came out with something that looked like a Picasso? Because that's the way it felt that a Rembrandt needed to be represented, you know? Um, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting to me, but it also is, when when it comes to the commercial commerciality, commercial, commercial, whatever of art, like the whole idea of art and money, period. Mm-hmm. The idea of hiring artists for anything. I think that artists could quickly become subsumed by machines when it comes to this kind of stuff. We need a Rembrandt for this thing. Why hire Jeffrey to paint it? We'll just have right. Flip, flip the Rembrandt switch. Right. Cause the average, so now what's no next? one who's looking at it. We're going to do Gainsborough. We're going to do. Sure. Absolutely. Why not? I, I'm not saying I like it. I'm just saying yeah. that like, if, is that the way things are going? And at what point does it become? Well, you know, anything we do as humans is only for our own edification and enjoyment. But the idea that anyone else has any interest in what it is that you make in your little studio at home is irrelevant because they're so sunk under 500,000 pounds of nearly perfect art. But it takes it. Okay. But this isn't nearly perfect. I'm just throwing out, I'm saying words, right? You know, it, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, but it's not nearly perfect. It, what is it? it? Well, to the computer anyway, I would imagine. Okay. Based on what we have seen as an audience. Okay. Based on what this film shows us, it is the computer's most perfect approximation of a Rembrandt. Yes. Isn't, isn't my mind just my next picture trying to be a nearly perfect reproduction of what it is no. a Bill Wadman picture wants to be? No. Because you realize that perfect doesn't exist. Or no. Or I realize that I could never achieve it because I don't have that much control. Example. Yep. Uh, you, you listen to the last PD. Yes? Yes. So last PD, uh, process driven up, go listen. It's great. I talked to a guy named Glenn DeCruz, mm-hmm. who is a musician. Yep. And Glenn, uh, is a drummer, uh, started playing drums and, uh, was in some, some hardcore bands, metal bands and toured in the, uh, t- toured in Europe and around Canada and, and picked up the guitar and started plunking around on the guitar and on the piano doesn't know music theory, doesn't have, uh, you know, the, 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 the Berkeley education does not have a perfect ear, just puts his fingers where he thought they sounded good. And people would tell him those aren't chords and well, but I like the way this sounds. Right. Is that possible under this model? He's made this beautiful music, having no idea that what he's uh, creating isn't the way it should be created, but he created it anyway. And it sounds amazing. Yeah. And I would think uh, my answer to that would be that the people who say those aren't chords are wrong or ignorant about what is, but not everything is a chord. No, but like, well, I mean, it's sort of a, he would say it's sort of a G minor, but yeah, but people who are into that kind of stuff would say, oh, that's a G minor where you take the third and drop it down into the bass or whatever it is. Like, you know, it's like drop four voicing and all this kind of stuff. Like there, there are ways to describe everything that he's doing. If you found somebody who's nerdy enough in harmony, but, but I, I take your point. Um, yeah, but like it, it, well, who's to say that, that a, a machine couldn't think about art 
in a completely different way than we think about it and can come up with something that we could never think about. Maybe it's a Venn diagram. Maybe, Maybe there are places where we overlap. Human. It's still not a human experience. Who's to say it's, that art needs to be a human experience? Uh, well, nobody yet. I mean, yeah, it, 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 you know, I, I still believe that, that, how can I even say this? I still believe that art is a, is a human expression. Okay. By definition. Uh, yeah, I think. And maybe that'll change, but, you know, Sakasagawa's just broke a blood vessel rolling his eyes at me. Yeah. <laughs> this is getting ready to write. He's written 16 pages. We haven't even right. gotten to the end yet. Uh, I think part of, part of what makes art art is it is an expression of the human experience. And anything less than human, the way I understand it at this moment, circa uh, April 11th, 2016, is that the only thing that can experience the human experience is in fact a human being. Okay. Let me, can I, can I twist this around? Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, you were in Baltimore yesterday. You were taking pictures, right? Yes. Yes. Did you take the pictures with your eyes? No, no. you used a camera that was designed by people. You used a machine to create that art. So yes. if these guys at Microsoft created this machine that then makes the art, didn't those people who made the machine make the art? Yeah, but the the, the camera is not making what exposure the, choices. Uh, I don't think it's making the same types of choices. Okay, it's it's not deciding that this. It's recording where that chair was in that alley. Now there, there you could argue that there are lighting considerations but it's not it's not deciding where to place the eye on the face it's not deciding how tall or how narrow to make the lips is there a smile is there a hint of a smile is there is there a frown is the brow furrowed it's not making those kinds of decisions yeah i i look i i agree with you i'm playing a little bit of a devil's advocate sure, i just sure, sure. i i just have a hard time I have a hard time thinking my way out of the box that I'm just being reductive and putting aside what could be the next evolution of expression. It could be the next evolution of expression, but it's not the next evolution of human expression. Okay. Yeah. Not the way I, not, not through my, <laughs> my grid, my filter, my, my, the way I see art, creativity, and humanity. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a big, it's a huge question. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, I really don't know where I come out on it. Uh, yeah, it's weird. This, this one, uh, it makes me, it, it, it makes my brain hurt because yeah. it is, it, I mean, put aside the fact that, you know, it's a, a computer. If you just saw that and they said, somebody just found a new Rembrandt and you saw a, a, a Guardian article with that and it yeah. had that painting there, you would say, that's a lovely painting. Sure, I would. And, and I, 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 I don't like the idea that we are judging it based upon the fact that it was made by a machine. If, in fact, ultimately, it's a lovely expression of art. And... But it's not an expression. It's it's a mathematical expression. Yeah, I know. But like, well, you know, what are emotions? It's just a bunch of chemicals in your head. You know what okay, I mean? Like that's that's you just being you're just being cagey for the sake of being cagey. No, I, 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 I that's what that's what somebody would say to me if 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 I were playing that, mm -hmm. you know, I, I it, 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 it bothers me on a visceral level, but I can't logically claim 
why it's 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 less than. You know? Well, uh, first of all, that person doesn't exist. So you're not capturing the nuance of a person. You're building the person. Yeah. The light didn't exist. The clothing didn't exist. Those folds of fabric don't exist. It's a dream. It might be a very good dream. It might be a very compelling dream, but it's a dream. Yeah. See, I, I feel like you could define any of the things that we make as ultimately dreams in that same way. But they are based in the real. Hmm, what is the real? Uh, Neo, would you like to take the red pill? Yeah, Yeah. I, 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 you know, I know what you're saying. The highlights on those buttons are 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 rendered just so. The highlights are perfect, except that the buttons never existed. (sighs) Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know where I come down on this one, but I think it's fascinating. Is impeccably placed and captures the soul of that individual, except. That there is no soul because there was no individual and there was no catch light to capture it. Yeah. So if there was a person sitting in front of the computer and it took a photo essentially of it and created this painting, you'd be okay with that more? Uh, I don't know if I, if I would be not a photo, but if it interpreted a person sitting, that might be an interesting exercise. But ultimately it would be using a sensor to interpret that person. Sure, but at least there is some interpretation going on. There is still some sort of connection. There is maybe connection is not the real thing, but hmm, that's a good question. I I, haven't given that one any thought. I want I want to know what people think about this one because this one's kind of deep. Uh, Yeah, take a take a look. The next Rembrandt. It's uh, nextrembrandt.com. Put a link in the show notes if you would mind. And uh, uh, if you have any thoughts about this, three four seven six eight seven ninety four eleven or podcast at ontakingpictures.com. It's uh, it's good stuff. Uh, You know, I and again, I'm not I'm not down on it as a as a thing, and I don't want to come off as as poo pooing it or. It's an impressive piece of tech. It's an impressive accomplishment. It's wildly impressive. Yeah. I just don't know what to do with it. You don't, it makes you feel weird. You don't like it. Yeah. Well, Uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with it. uh, uh, Just a couple quick things before we uh, get there. I would, yeah, I would like to point out that the, so these new Hasselblad digital cameras, the, what, H6D, I guess. H6, yeah, the 50 and 100 megapixels. Are, are both CMOS sensors, the new, the new Hasselblads, no more CCD sensors uh, in the, in that line. And uh, I think that that's really interesting. Is this, is this the the death knell of the CCD sensor, which was the original sensor technology that was used in digital cameras developed by Kodak, blah, 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 blah. And some people feel have a very specific look to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be interesting uh, to see if people who are, who are very much CCD fans, if they're satisfied with these CMOS uh, right. sensors. By the way, uh, I did a little research and it does seem as if th- this is the same Sony sensor that Phase is using, and apparently there is a uh, uh, a post on a forum by some guy who works for Pentax Netherlands or something like that, mm-hmm. where he kind of alluded to the fact that Pentax is thinking about using it in a new six four five for themselves hmm. coming out in the fall. But that, like nothing's official, but that they're looking into it and they have access to it. So right. Interesting. Uh, 100 megapixels. Boom. Now we need. Now I need more RAM. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the other thing. And storage. Storage and, and RAM. 
man, the bigger this stuff gets, the just slower it gets, you know? Yeah. Uh, I thought 32 gigs of RAM was going to last me a while, but apparently uh, 60, the new iMac does 64, so I may have to do uh, 64. Right. Uh, not stock, by the way. You have to buy that after the fact, which you should always do when it comes to an iMac that has removable RAM. Yeah, until they only allow you to buy it soldered onto the board. Exactly. Uh, that's why, you know, it's funny. If they came out with a new one that was the RAM soldered, I'd buy the last year's model. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, come on. Yeah. Uh, hey, I just wanted to put one thing over here. Did you see this article? Move over, Rat Pack, Brat oh Pack. Here comes the Snap Pack. And it's a bunch of like rich 20-somethings who go around and the taking of pictures of themselves while zooming around town and going to clubs yeah. is why they're going out. Yeah. What do you think of this? Is this like round the bend? Is this it's like the, dumb. it's, you know what? It, okay. It, look, I, I don't care that you're, this is rich. a society article. I know, but I don't yeah. care that you're okay. First of all, uh, no, uh, you, you, you don't, uh, Ms. Kennedy look like Josephine Baker. You, you are, <laughs> you yeah, are. I, oh, by the way, I, I noticed rich, that too. I was like, are you kidding white me? White girl. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, anyway, I, the, the, the problem I have with this is, is by and large, Instagram is a level playing field. Okay. Is that, can we agree on that? Mm, yeah. Okay. Sure. For the sake of argument. Sure. For the yes. sake of argument. Yep. And this is just another, another area where like the super entitled and the super rich and the super affluent have to come in and just ruin it. <laughs> You know, you just preach brother Sidoris. You just ruin it. <laughs> you know, it's just look how fabulous your life will never be. And all I have to do is, is all, all my life consists. It's just a vapid yeah. existence. A this, Kennedy this is, and, this and, is and a Matisse grand, granddaughter. Of, yeah. Yes. This is the documenting of a vapid existence. And is it any more vapid than, you know, other people? Maybe not. We're sitting here on the internet talking about photography. <laughs> yes, we are. People could say we're vapid, I guess, but you know, I agree I don't with think you. We're vapid. We are many things, but vapid is not one of them. It just, I don't know. I just I think, think it's really funny that like, it's not even about going out anymore. It's about recording going out. It's like, wait yeah. a minute. Oh, slow down. It's not about me being in love with my wife. It's about the fact that I, rec- I write Twitter posts about how in love with my wife I am. It's like, what the hell are you doing? You're missing the entire freaking point. You yeah. know, like you're, you're, you're missing the primary experience. You're making it a meta experience before it's even a primary experience. It's like, what are you doing? Um, but Hey, again, yeah. you and uh, this, I are, this is, okay. This is a great line. I party and I have fun, but I'm doing something serious. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. The, taking the pictures is a serious thing that they yes. do while they're partying yes. and having fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm drinking this Cristal only so that I have the Cristal in a glass so I can make art. Even as they grasp that their postings can draw scorn, the snap pack seems unable to relinquish the habit of social media and the illusion of image control it affords i look good in pictures i take of myself ms matisse said as the group settled in for dinner at vandal <laughs> ms. It's, matisse, like a, it's like an onion article go yeah. ahead <laughs> ms matisse who said she is a method actor it's my passion quote unquote 
graduated in 2015 from New York University, where she studied, quote, the self and other identities. She said, <laughs> quote, the Eastern psychology of ourselves and Buddhism and how the East is so much different from the West. And it's all very interconnected, end quote. Yes, uh, I, I have a certain level of uh, knowledge about the Matisse clan and and and, you know, the the estate of, of Henri Matisse. Uh, yeah, they're all like a bunch of rich people living off their great grandfather's paintings that are left. So it's like, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's stupid, but it, I guess, I guess the only thing that I have in this is that most likely it's about as likely that any of these people are remembered beyond their lifetimes as it is that I'm remembered beyond my lifetime. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? Like, like ultimately, Yes, they're in the New York Times now and they go to fabulous parties and drink all kinds of crazy stuff because they have all kinds of money. But like they're not doing anything that's going to last. So it's OK. Makes me feel better. It's like, sure, you know, people who have PR people who get you in the New York Times. But beyond that, irrelevant. You know, <sighs> you're right. I thought you'd get upset about that one. It's ridiculous. It's so silly. The snap pack. <laughs> I wonder who named them that. Like who who who's like, oh my god, it would be but so amazing the, if we were called the, the Snap Pack. The, the Rat Pack. They, they, they had talent. They had they contributed. They yeah. did something. They did they they, they were, were a bunch of alcoholics on stage. <laughs> <laughs> they could sing. Uh, they could sing and dance. Although right. they were a bunch of lushes, those guys. They were a bunch of lushes, but they, they could sing and dance. Um <laughs> <laughs> there's that. Frank uh, was a method drinker, man. You, you got anything else? You know what's no. awesome? Imagine having a show where like there was actually a bar on stage right. that wasn't there as a prop. Right. This isn't water. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually Dino's making myself. Dino's not drinking iced tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually the three fingers are actually three fingers that he's drinking. <laughs> oh, man. So drunk those guys that they like forget lines. Yeah. And just say racist things to, to, uh, what's his name? To Sammy. To Sammy. Uh, and Sammy would just go, ha ha ha. Ah, the fifties and the sixties. Good, good times. Anyway, can we move on past this? It's yes. Just, well, uh, you got anything else? Before I know we... I'm going to get shit for, you know, <laughs> but it's just, ugh, really? <laughs> do we need more of that? Do we, do we really? <sighs> well, I mean, you know what? The, the, the the obsession with, I mean, look, you and I are, are a little bit into social media, but I yeah. wonder what the lasting effects of social media on, I mean, look, every, every generation's terrified for the next generation, but I really wonder like all of this narcissism, constant, constant narcissism, mm -hmm. like where does that lead, you know? And like w emotionally, the people who are constantly just like, thinking about themselves and looking at themselves and posting about themselves. It's like, do they have a sense of community or is it all like, you know, what happens when somebody says no to them, you know, and they can't just. Does anyone say no? Well, yeah, eventually somebody will say no, you know, and like, do they have any means to handle that? It's just, it really is interesting. Uh, you know, this whole like millennial thing. I don't know. It's uh, but yeah, especially with the Instagram. So it gets scary. Like it's, it gets, well, it, be, I, I, it suddenly, it does feel like a sci-fi movie after a while. I, I feel like on some level, some dystopian future. Yeah. I feel like on some level, I, I'm a hypocrite. 
because I have posted pictures of noodles and pictures of where I am and, and that kind of thing. So I don't quite know what to make of my own participation. Yep. But, but did you do those things because you really wanted to or because you felt like, oh, well, that's what people do. So that's what I'll do. No, I thought it was interesting to share. I thought it was, you know, I, look, what's the most I've ever gotten comments? Well, not comments, but the, the, the likes, maybe 80 60, 50, I don't know, a hundred maybe. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm, I'm, I've got, I couldn't even tell you how many people, a hundred people follow me, 500 people. I don't know. Yeah. And hopefully it's, it's because the, the work is interesting because what I'm seeing is interesting. Not just it. uh, I don't think you'll find a selfie of me anywhere. I hope you won't anyway. Not because you're uh, doing Cristal. Well, that's true. I mean, there was that one of me jumping in the snow. That that was that was a little narcissistic and gratuitous. It's true. Was it? You think? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's it. it Apparently, my sweater wasn't long enough. <laughs> I yeah, we did see things we didn't really need to see. Hey, come oh. on, come on. <laughs> you know, you went back and watched it again. <laughs> I did because I'm, you know. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> enough about that I don't all right know. It's enough all of the snapback but it is yeah i don't know we'll see we'll it's see what thing. happens um we got uh so n- next week we are going to take what people cut up and turn it into something i hope so i have yeah. to do this i have to do this the week i'm away so i guess i'll have to do it next weekend okay uh lots of really good, yeah keep keep the uh keep the the composite smackdown things coming again things that can be cut out things that be, can be cut away from the backgrounds good <clears throat> Elements, 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 elements that can be cut around. Um, discarded was the last one. And boy, there's some cool stuff up there. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at these earlier. Uh, Bobby Tingle. I hope you didn't eat that miracle whip. I was going to say Bobby Tingle like was, was must really like this discarded one. Cause he put up like six things that are really good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fielding's picture of that weird, uh, condemned, uh, a uh, 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 shopping cart. What, what exactly is wrong with a shopping cart that they needed to be protected from? Uh, I have no idea. That was a, uh, that was terrifying. Yeah. That miracle whip is terrifying. Remember that miracle whip logo looked just like that. Yikes. Looks a little different now. Uh, James Haddock. Seeing a uh, sailing through a sea of discarded shells in my discarded boat. I love that. That's fun. Yeah. I like, I like your picture in the, the, uh, the, the thing too. Oh, the, the alley. Uh, Thanks. Yeah. That's nice. Um, yeah, that was weird back there. Yeah, uh, Ken uh, Larman's the oh, weird that car. car. Yeah. So what? Okay, what's the the infamous discarded car in Big Morongo Canyon Preserve? So somebody just there's this car out there. Yep. I have to look that up. Big Morongo. Where Canyon. is that? I don't where know. We, Morong- is it like near Morongo Valley where the where the casino is? Big Morongo Canyon Preserve is in. Why can't Why can't I see this? We're Mojave Desert. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, not near, not far from where you used to be. Bodan. Uh, oh gosh, Berestiansky. Bodan Berestiansky. Uh, Jeffrey, that uh, Big Morongo Canyon Preserve is off of sixty two on your way up to the top of Joshua Tree. Ah. Okay. So it's okay. it's so it was like you know twenty five minutes from where you used to. Live. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Carl, that puppy. I love that. Puppy. Oh my God, Bodie. God, that yep. dog's cute. I love that puppy. That puppy was uh, super cute. We wanted to steal it, Conrad and I. Need to get me a, a puppy dog. Uh, uh, Carl Lacari put up put up a nice black and white film shot of a, a guy picking up some discarded stuff. Yep. Wilkening, of 
course, the shake. Yeah. Uh, Bracy Lemon's boot. It's Jeffrey's boot. <laughs> it is my boot. You forgot your boot, man. Uh, hey, this is, I saw this and then Martin Rotz posted it. Um, and I, I kind of, I think it's kind of cool. So Phil Collins went back and remastered six records. Okay. And, and went back and recreated the cover shots for each of the six records as he appears now. Oh, that's interesting. And I thought it was really, really cool. Uh, <laughs> here, I'll put the, just in case. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking them up you got now. Okay. Wow, look at that. Reissuing solo catalog and remaking the, the covers. Wow. Isn't that cool? And I, okay, d- uh, face value and no jacket required are still such terrific records. Oh, it, almost all of those Phil Collins records are pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's a really, that's really kind of funny. It's a neat idea, right? Past and present. He still looks all right in those pictures. And and whoever did the uh, whoever did the shots actually did a pretty good yeah. pretty good job. Hey, uh, what what would you think? Maybe maybe for next week. Don't do it yet. But what do you think about next week? Past and present for the for the assignment and go recreate one of the pictures from our childhood, or or from from back back then, or from say ten years ago. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny, uh, that Zay Frank guy did a couple of those, you know, recreate a picture from your childhood things where, and I actually ended up judging some of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, those are super fun, but I think it would almost be more fun to try doing one from you five, eight, 10 years ago, you know, uh, as an adult, assuming you five, eight, 10 years ago, you were an adult, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, so maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll think about that for next time. Uh, what do you got this time? You came up with this one. What do you think? Uh, traveling. Yeah. Traveling. And I and the way I figured it's like could be you traveling, it could be other people traveling, it could be something moving, you could know, be you things take a, in motion. Yeah. It, I like it could that. it could be a shot of, you know, a mailman carrying a letter. You know what I mean? That's like traveling. Um I just like the idea of something moving from one place to another. Okay. Um and so, uh, so and in closing, you guys did a fantastic job as as usual. Discarded, yeah. There's some good coming. smackdown stuff in there. Are yeah, you no, and, there is. Are you there and is. I going to use the? Are you and I going to use all the same elements, some of the same elements, or do we need to split the notes? Nope, nope. We're just not. We're just going to keep it, keep it, whatever. Keep it, keep it hidden. Keep okay. it safe. I think I'm going in a different direction <laughs> on this one. Keep it hidden. Keep it safe. Yeah. Uh. 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 What is Brutal. it? Uh, what is brutalist? Nicholas Govis uses this. What should I know this hashtag? What does this mean? Uh, where, where's Nick Govis's thing on Brutalist? Uh, Brutalist is the hashtag. Well, there is Brutalist architecture. Is it, is it concrete architecture? Oh, okay. Okay. That's what he's referring. Okay. Is that what it is? Okay. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. Um, I I was like, do I know this? Is this something that the kids are doing? What do, what do I, what do I not know about this? By the way, by the way, the whole Brutalist thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a Brutalist architecture in the background. Okay. Um, the, 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 the whole brutalist architecture, most people think it's because it's like, Ooh, it's brutal. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. But like, it like looks stark and, 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 and mean, but mm-hmm. actually it comes from the Swedish or German word for concrete. Ah, so I, I watched a documentary about it once about concrete. Yeah. Was it hard <laughs> to get? Oh, uh, you know, it was reinforced. Uh, oh, many geez. times you crack me up <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah, so good so wrong um uh you ready i am ready okay um okay this, and then th- this week on taking pictures is brought to you by concrete us. <laughs> brought to you by brought to you by the letter us by the Wait, letter what? us 
Uh, by the way, no we and us. You know what I'm going for lunch today? Shake Shack. Actually, I was thinking of Five Guys because it's closer. Yeah, well, it's better too. You think Five Guys is better than Shake Shack? Did you, yeah. That was pretty funny though. A guy breaks into Five Guys to make himself a burger. <laughs> that was great. That was great. I'm hungry. <laughs> You're not open yet? Screw oh, you. Yeah. Well, I think you're open. <laughs> I wonder if he did all the prep work. Yeah, well, what, he must work there. Did he do his side you... work before he left? I don't know. That would be really funny. Yeah, refilled all the ketchups. <laughs> what? I was just trying to help you guys. I was hungry. Uh, the um, Yeah, that was pretty funny. But I was thinking since that, I, I said to Conrad last night, I was like, you know, I th- you know what I think I might go for lunch tomorrow? She's like, five guys because you saw it on that article. I was yeah. like, yeah. And she's just like, you're so predictable. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, Photographer of the week. John Minahan. John Minahan. Uh, uh, f- yeah, he's a, he's a Irish photographer. Uh, he's been around for a long time. I think he's, was he's like 60 something, I think now. Um, and, and, and took pictures uh, of like his, the town that he grew up in and all this kind of stuff is famous for a series of, of photos that he took of Samuel Beckett, which uh, some of which are, are very well known. And just, He's taking pictures of a bunch of people and he's in, you know, MoMA and, and, and center Pompidou and national portrait gallery in London. He's like a, a well-known guy, but he just seems like a really, really deep kind of thinker about the photographs that he takes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just, I don't know, I, I guess uh, we tend to think about, it's funny, you and I, we, we sit here and we ruminate on the process, right? Sure. But ultimately we look at a lot of people's photographs just as the end result, you know? Um, uh, I don't know that that's true. I, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I read a lot about process and about what, what, okay. I guess what I'm saying is that do. like, if we look at, if we look at, we, we, we do make judgments based on final product, I guess is, is, is my point. Okay. Um, sure. Agreed. And, and, Agreed. and, and it seems to me like for this guy, I mean, he took a lot of pictures of, of Beckett, which by the way, I mentioned before the show, it like seems like the coolest guy ever. Right. Like that just guy, he just like, he looked like he was the most interesting man in the world his mm-hmm. entire career. But, but just this idea that, that, that he, he wanted to spend a lot of time with Beckett. And there's a, there's an article that, that, uh, that he, he did it in the, the Irish times.com right. where he says, you know, you don't just photograph a man like Samuel Beckett, you offer him something. Uh, and I just thought that that was kind of an interesting way of, of looking at it that basically it's like, I'm not here to come take something from you. I'm here to offer, I don't know, my time, you know, right. my, well, my, there's a relationship there. There, there yeah. is a, there is an exchange there beyond a transaction. Yes. And, and, and as you pointed out, we don't always get that kind of, uh, uh, affordance. Sure. You know, when, when you, taking you portraits, make, you know, you're doing a shot of Tom Cruise or something, you get five minutes or yeah, you're yeah, doing a yeah. CEO, you get 80 seconds or whatever. Exactly. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, but, but, but there is something that comes from people just spending some time together. I mean, it reminds me of the Anton Corbain and, and Tom Waits stuff, you know, where it's like two of them are friends. They hang out all the time. Sure. Or the stuff with the, the with you too. Yep. I mean, he spent years photographing, yeah. them. you know, and, and you, so you end up with this, this larger sense of the people just because they're around them all the time. And I think Mm -hmm. ultimately you might not get pictures that are the sort of quintessential portrait. Like there's that one moment that really sparked and that image is really amazing, but you probably get things that are more 
real versions of that person you know the more time you spend with them right and i just think there's something really beautiful about it and there's some uh there's a few articles i'll put in the show notes uh about just the way that minahan dealt with with beckett and the way you know he shot princess die and all this kind of stuff um and 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 just the way that he sees his his uh positioning uh as 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 related to the subject Mm-hmm. Is, is a very mm-hmm. you could argue it's a very old way of thinking, but I think it's also a very beautiful way of thinking. And sure. you could also argue a very sort of Irish way of thinking. Uh, well, it's 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 the idea that the 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 photograph is the byproduct of the time spent. Yeah, yeah. The, pho- the photograph is is a is a record of the, the exchange. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he says his life has been a sequential line of snapshots. He returned to Beckett's grave in Montparnasse, which he loves because of the first line in. Uh, first love, which he recites, quote, personally, I have no bone to pick with graveyards, <laughs> end quote. On an nice. earlier visit, Minahan wrote, found a note under a stone in Beckett's tombstone promising, Sam, I will go on. Like, it's all very, like, poetic, mm-hmm. the way that he sees things. And I, I feel like that is a, a relation to the way a lot of actually, in in my experience, uh, uh, I don't know. Irish artists see themselves. They all have a very similar point of view. Not all, but like many of them that I've read or talked about have, have seemed to have a very solemn point of view and a holistic point of view. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, just something to think about and uh, go check them out. John That's, Minahan. Uh, John Good choice. Minahan. Good choice. Something different. Uh, you got anything else? I think that's about it. I don't know if we can fit any more into today. I think, I think we're covered podcast at ontakingpictures.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do that. 347-687-9411. Google voice is sometimes kind of wonky. So if it cuts you off or something, uh, please try again so we get the entire message. Sometimes we get partial messages and I don't know if people don't get get notified that it's been cut off or whatever. Hey, Jeffrey and Bill, I have a really important thing to tell you about. You know, and we're like, wait, I have this it? thought that only I will ever have. Right. And I'm right. going to forget it. So I'm going to record it right now. It's <laughs> what you could do, too, is uh, somebody and I forget who it was just recorded us on their phone, like recorded a little voice memo on their phone and, and then sent it via email. Three. Yep. So yep, you can that do that podcast at on taking pictures dot com. Uh, Bill is on the Twitter and on the Instagram at Bill Wadman. I'm on the Twitter and the Instagram at Jeffrey Sidoris. Uh, I, is it fair to say that both of us are kind of winding down the Facebook interaction? Uh, Facebook interaction. Y- yeah. I mean, I don't use it much. I mean, I, I'll check it and I think I, I have it set to, to post pictures and things from Twitter, but I rarely go there. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, I don't, I still don't know these, what to do with it. I'm trying to be, uh, be less involved in a lot of, I'm trying to have actual experiences with actual people and not worrying about recording them and sharing them. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and and uh, again, that's me be getting old, I guess. And, you know, maybe it's bad for my career, but like, I don't know. There's just something exhausting about having, feeling like my entire life has to be lived in public all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a conversation for another time. Yes, it is. Uh, do you, let's, uh, yeah, we'll come around next week. We'll do a little uh, of the uh, the crazy composite. Four years next week. Wow. Four years. That's a long time. Yeah. 208 shows. 
we're uh, we're getting old. Yeah. Uh, God, four years. Four years. It never ends, does it? It doesn't end. <laughs> it doesn't end. I'm I'm gonna try. Let's see. What's the date? What's the date next week? Uh, next week it would be the what nineteenth, eighteenth, eighteenth. Okay, so it won't have happened by then. I'm I'm trying to set up something cool here in town, but I don't want to say anything because I'll probably jinx it, and then it won't happen, and then I'll be sad. So, but it could be something really cool. Um, more later. Okay. Uh, it has okay. to do with one of the museums. So that's all I'll say. Okay. Yeah. That's all. I'm uh, we, just need uh, this chair you just... and this paddleboard <laughs> and this lamp. Wait, what's that from? The jerk. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That's all I can give you. <laughs> uh, all right. We will see you next week, Jeffrey. All right. Have a all good right. week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate it. Right.